This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 219. Uh, this one dedicated to the world of boxing. If this is the first time you've ever come across us, you know what to do by now. Come on, get on the old iTunes, hit the subscribe button and then you'll never miss out on our weekly content. We do one boxing show, one UFC show a week and we have a radio show as well, uh, which caters for the Merseyside market. And on that radio show this week, Rocky Fielding. Uh, popped into the studio to talk to Nick, and it's all there for you now on that iTunes feed. If you're on Android, you can get all feeds uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com, and we're all over social media too, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So therefore, if you hear something in this podcast, uh, it's near enough up to date to where we are when it comes to record time, but if stuff develops throughout the course of the week, we'll stick it on our Twitter, so therefore you don't miss out on anything. Keep up to date with us, uh, at Fight Disciples on all social media feeds. What are you doing, you? I'm just fucking tidying myself up. Well, on the on the UFC show, I'm going to talk about what Nick is currently wearing for this uh, particular record. <laughs> um, and if you listen to our UFC show on a regular basis, you'll know that I'm going to absolutely rip the shit out of him for it. But we'll get to that on that particular show. So make sure you subscribe so you get that hit. I've got a party bag to see us through that show as well. Have you? Yeah. Brought it, Mirror. Is that anything to do with your uh, social media of last week Absolutely. where you went to the uh, Echo Arena and started finding bags of cork underneath seats? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you done some confiscating, have you? <laughs> That's what happens when Little Mix come to town. Little Mix? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of World Boxing Super Series. <laughs> How you doing, Calla? <laughs> let's, let's get straight in with Calla, shall we? <laughs> he was enjoying himself a weekend, weren't he? Kala's the boy, though, isn't he? Eh? Before before we get into the actual fight and the, and the breaking it down and everything else, yeah. mate, Whale Boxing Super Series has been a fucking revelation, hasn't it? Let's be honest. Contest-wise. be honest. Contest-wise, yeah. yes. Don't get me wrong. We'll come on to the fight now. The fight wasn't didn't live up to what we expected it to be after the tournament we've just had. Mm. But what it does is it's produced an absolute fucking superstar, a pound-for-pound pound superstar. And for that, I look back on Kala. This time last year, announcing it, saying we've got these cruiserweights going in. And we were like, holy shit, imagine if this actually plays out. Well, it did. Okay, it was delayed a couple of weeks, but it played out on Saturday. And I thought the whole tournament, the whole cruiserweight bracket has been nothing short of of a revelation for boxing. When 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 they announced it and they announced the fighters that were going in it, both of us sat here and went, Usyk's winning it. However, as this as this has developed, I think we've grown to grow more affection for other fighters in the cruiserweight division. Yeah, uh, one of which being Murat Gassiev, without yep. any shadow of a doubt. And on last week's show, we thought there might be might be an opportunity an for for Gassiev to do the business on Usyk. Well, However, we never have an upset, did we? If throughout the whole no, cruiserweight tournament, the number one seed and the number two seed progressed all the way to the final. The three and the four made the semi-finals. Yeah. you know it, it's. Played out exactly how, how the bookies mm. on paper would have said it. And in our defence last week, I'll tell you what, well, I won't speak for you. The reason I switched to Gassiev with two weeks to go before the final, after backing Usyk for the whole tournament, was down to two things. One, Usyk changed his coaching team and decided to fucking, he wanted a completely new corner team and everything yeah. else. That, that, that just seemed crazy to me. Obviously, he was fighting away from home again, and now I know he's used to fighting away from home. He's def- he's every single shit, defense been away from home. He don't give a fuck shit. all. But the main reason I did it was this: against in the semi-final, 
He got whacked against Breedis. He got whacked. He a went toe to toe with Breedis in Latvia. Yeah. It was fucking sensational. Mm. And it was that fight I was thinking, mate. If you do that with Gassiev and he catches you on the chin, you're going to sleep. Yeah. But the problem was, I thought Usyk the fighter was going to rock into Moscow, and instead. Usyk, the absolute fucking stylist, rocked into mm. Mo- Moscow and put on a masterclass. Usyk, I knew he was good. At the weekend, it was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. This is because if if that's the first time you've ever seen either Usyk or even Gassiev, you'd think Gassiev's a bit of a mug. Yeah, I, I promise you, he is not a mug. Yep. He's a twenty-four-year-old fucking stallion, that kid, right? And he would knock out the majority of cruiserweights on the planet, as he has proven up until this point. Yep. He just came across something that's superhuman. This is this is. I know that it's very it's a very easy comparison to make because they're both from Ukraine and they're both best mates. But he's just a heavy Lomachenko. Absolutely, that's exactly what he is. Yep. It was fucking poetry, mate. Watching that at the weekend, and okay, we might not have got flames, we might not have got a knockout, we might not have got the the fireworks that we were all gagging for last week. But you just got to sit back and just admire what the kid did. It was unreal. If you if you were gonna. If you're starting out in boxing now, if you had a seven, eight year old son or whatever that wants that loves boxing and wants to get into it and has got a real passion for it, you'd be fucking bonkers not to study Lomachenko's dad because it was Lomachenko's dad that handled Usyk early in his career as well. Because whatever he's done there, he's basically made two of the pound for pound best boxers on the planet in two completely contrasting weight divisions yeah. as well one massive, one small. And the two of them are absolutely outstanding, pound for pound now. Top five, both of them, without a shadow of a doubt. I was thinking the other day of the pound-for-pound pound list. He's definitely in the top five. There's no question about it, as is Lomachenko. Uh, yep. But I'm thinking, we've got a lot of elite fighters on the planet, but because they are taking it to the next level, even higher than elite, I mean, the shit that we were seeing at the weekend and what we've seen from Lomachenko is just out of this world. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of legendary, brilliant fighters that in a different era would be going, oh, he's the best fighter on the planet. Yeah. But because these two freaks are knocking about... You can't necessarily put them... Can you put them in there? I don't, I don't know if you can put them in there because look, look, the level the, has gone so high. Look at the history of the Cruiserweight division. Okay, you know, Holyfield unified the division. David Hay unified the division. Now Usyk's unified the division. Well, he's the, he's the undisputed. I mean, he's, first he's the one, first he? guy to first get on four, yeah. Absolutely undisputed, yeah. But, you know, okay... Hay was incredible in his performance against John Mark Mormech and he climbed up off the floor to do it and all that. It was, it was so impressive. Showed real balls and everything else. But to get in there with the you know the guys who are all ranked around you, the best cruiserweights on the planet, all came together this year and they fought it out. And there's no disputing that Usyk's the best on the planet. But when he... I Oh, okay. You know, if he'd have pushed me, I'd have probably said Usyk probably on point if Gassiev doesn't, you know, you'd be pushed down that road. But nobody expected that. Nobody expected 11 rounds to one, a complete and utter masterclass, an argument for 12 rounds to one. He was fucking absolutely sensational. And make no mistake, Gassiev was the second best cruiserweight walking this earth right now, legitimately, legitimately. And he's just made them look like a novice, an absolute novice. It was just, it it blew my mind how one-sided it was because I was telling everybody I know, Listen, it's nine ninety nine, but it's the best nine ninety nine you'll ever spend. It's going to be fight of the year. It's going to be Canelo Triple G. Exactly. That's what it's, it's going, going to be. be fight of the year. Don't miss it. It's going to be incredible. And the amount of people messing me back going, well, it wasn't what you said it was going to be. But bloody hell, he's good, isn't he? He's good. And you know, right now, right here where we stand, and listen, we'll come on to the Tony Bell you thing. But I said this on social media. I got loads of stick for it, which shocked me. But I think Usyk is a fucking genuine threat to Anthony Joshua's legacy. Well, fact. Right. Okay then. Does he hit hard enough? That's my only question. Yeah. 
Does he hit hard enough to trouble heavyweights? That's my only question I've got with him because he could dance around the fucking lot of them. Okay, so are you saying that AJ, Fury are faster than Gassayev? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that... No, but he avoided Gassiev shots. He took... He, he, well, he took them. He took a couple of Gassiev shots, but he avoided most of them. His footwork was too good. He was too quick for Gassiev to corner and nail down. So what makes what makes people think that he's not going to be too quick right. for these big six-foot-eight robots? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that he did get caught. Yeah, yeah. He got caught clean. Yeah, yeah. And very fair to play to him. He, oh, he fucking, fucking took, took it. it. Champ. Yeah, he yeah, absolutely yeah. took it. Yeah. But we're talking about now six-foot-six, six-foot-eight, six-foot-nine dudes that it like steam trains. Yeah. Can he take that? If he can, yeah. he'll dance around them. He'll dance around them and he'll outpoint them all day long. Can he get them out of there? Yeah. I don't know if he can get them out of there. I think the amount of people that have come at me on social media for, for that statement about troubling AJ, you know, you've got to look at history. Like, you know, people going, yeah, yeah, but fucking David A was a joker at heavyweight. No, David A beat fucking six foot 12 Chagayev or whatever his name was. Fucking Valuev. Valuev and won the WBA world title. Defended against John Ruiz. He was only six foot three. This guy's six foot four. Evander Holyfield, six foot three. When can, I fucking won a couple of versions of the right. title. Can we go 12 rounds with AJ, right? Yeah. And not get caught? It's unlikely. Okay, I'll tell you right now. Because I don't think he knocks AJ out. What I no, do think, though... Potentially not. ...is that if he doesn't get caught off AJ, he would absolutely make him look a mug. Absol- he, would, he would make it, him look... It, it, would exactly make him what look he did daft. to Gassiev. He'd make him look daft. So in the, at the end of the fifth round against Gassiev, the second best cruiserweight on the planet, mm. no one can argue with that, mm-hmm. Gassiev's corner even said to him, should we pull you out? Because he'd gone, his head had gone. He hadn't. He couldn't. It was Lomachenko type stuff. Of course, he couldn't. He couldn't. This is this is why people quit against Lomachenko. You can't land a glove on him. He's too quick, and he's hitting you with five and six, and then stepping to the side. Yeah. His footwork, Usyk, for a cruiserweight. Fuck me. I've never seen a cruiserweight move like that. You no, know, I, I, set the time. He moves like a middleweight, and by that I mean the angles that he comes yeah. out out of. He, he he's comes so in quick. In, yeah, he comes in. Obviously, what you would class as traditionally, but the way he gets out of the situation, yeah. you're thinking, where the fuck has he gone? It's Matrix stuff. He's a fucking big, long southpaw that glides on ice. And I just think, you know, add that element to it as well, the fact that he's a southpaw and knows how to do it. He's got an extensive amateur background, you know, gold medalist at London 2012. This guy has been there and done it. You know, a lot of people don't realise this as well. He's got wins over guys who beat Anthony Joshua in the amateurs. Mm. Usyk beat two guys that Anthony Joshua lost to in the amateurs. Usyk beat them. That's a fact. And I know there's amateur sport and there's pro sport. But if you think that Usyk isn't a fucking big problem for Anthony Joshua's legacy, I'm not saying he beats him. I'm just saying he is a massive roadblock in his way. For me now, the two... It's, it's a great, interesting matchup. It's because fucking be- fascinating. Because and it's a- going to happen. I'm telling you now, it's definitely going to happen. Because AJ's got the equaliser, and that's the thing that, we ba- that I buy yep. into. Can he catch him? If he catches him, I think he puts him to kit. But can he catch him? Because that was exactly. outrageous at the weekend, mate. Exactly. Can he catch him? Speed kills. Mm. I think Usyk... Just with that footwear, it's a completely different. This is the, the the fascinating thing about this heavyweight division right now. When you look at Anthony Joshua, and you know we all we all agree Anthony Joshua is right very much at the top of the tree. Look at his three biggest opponents out there now, potentially marketing wise. Yeah, you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look past Pavekin for a second, and that's a massive mistake by the way because Pavekin's dangerous as fuck. But you look at Wilder, completely massive, long. Hits like a freight train, unorthodox. completely unorthodox. Yeah. 
you know, little amateur start. You know, you can't really prepare for him because you just don't know what the fuck he's going to do. You're fighting next. him on a pub car park. Absolutely. Then you've got Fury, who's yeah. just completely and utterly all wrong for everyone. Big, awkward, weighs down on you, does stupid things. You know, it's just complete, again, unorthodox, but in a completely different way. Not wild, but just old school like. And then you've got, now you've got Usyk, who's fast as lightning, that can dance around you without even taking a shot. Three really difficult opponents, and it's fantastic because. Because these are the kind of opponents that Anthony Joshua needs. 12, 18 months ago, we were going, well, where's his legacy? People going, oh, yeah, he's great right now, but, you know, he'll never go down in history as a great. Well, this is his opportunity to go down in history as a great. He's got great opposition in front of him right now. This this could define Anthony Joshua's legacy. All I'm saying is mm. Usyk is a massive threat mm. to Anthony Joshua's legacy because he can fucking fight. I think Usyk knows that that's a little bit further down the line. Hence yep. the mouth, uh, the name that came out of his mouth after the fight. And uh, and and don't underestimate that. I mean, a lot of people have given that a little bit of shit that he'd absolutely mug Tony Bell you off, right? Because that's who he's called out. I don't agree. Well, wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. But what I took from that is one, the standing that Tony Bell you has in world boxing. Absolutely. For the undisputed cruiserweight champion, he's just be, he's just gone down in history. He's yep. the only guy in history to hold four. All four recognised belts. He's just created history and the first name on his lips... Eight-figure paycheck, a first name on his lips. He, he's just been weighed in big time, mate. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's just picked up an yeah. eight-figure paycheck. The first name on his lips is Tony Bellew. Yeah. The first name. So that's where Tony Bellew stands at this right right at this moment in time because Usyk knows, I've just been in the tournament, no other cruiserweight's going to get me paired like anybody else other than Tony Bellew. Yep. Otherwise, I've got to go to heavyweight. And who am I going to get at heavyweight straight away? Am I going to get AJ? Probably not. I've no. got to probably come up and prove myself at heavyweight. So therefore, the money's not going to be there for him. He knows full well what he was doing in that particular situation. And he's proven in this tournament, I don't give a fuck where it is. I'll come to London, I'll come to Liverpool, I'll come to wherever you want to go. We'll make that, we'll make the dance. Now, what I will say, two weeks ago, yeah. before what we saw at the weekend, even a week ago, I'd have said, not a cat in hell's chance is that fight making. The reason for it... Usyk Bellew. Usyk Bellew. Not yeah. a cat in hell's chance of that fight being made because I know the way that Eddie Hearn works. And Eddie Earn will weigh up the numbers. What is the what is the reward compared to the risk? The yeah. risk is fucking massive. Is the reward there? Can we make the money? Can we generate the cash? A week ago, no. Yeah. Now, absolutely you can. Absolutely. Absolutely you can. I think if Usyk scrapes past Gasayev, I think it's not as big as it is now. No. I think it's the fact that Usyk did it in the fashion he did it, and everyone is going, fucking hell, this guy's legit, this guy's amazing, everyone's talking about it. I think it's gone to the next level for that reason. Mm. I think it is absolutely pay-per-view, Bellew versus Usyk, absolutely it's pay-per-view. And what I will say, everything that I've just said about Usyk AJ applies for AJ uh, Usyk Bellew. Absolutely, I, I agree. Because... Usyk, seems to have Usyk, that power. Usyk is a better boxer, and Tony will listen to this and he'll, he'll probably give me shit for it, but he is. He's a better boxer, and I think he could, for 12 rounds, absolutely dance around Bellew and mug him off, right? But Bellew has the equaliser. Can he catch him? And that is the thing that I'm intrigued by. Can he catch him? Yep. And that's, if he catches him, and if he catch, and, and people will say, well, uh, Murat Gessiev, he, he can whack, and he didn't catch him. I think everybody would agree that Tony Bellew over the last 12 to 18, maybe 24 months, has definitely developed as a boxer. He's got more skills. What I would say about Murat Gessiev is that he didn't change his plan. It no. was one plan. Yeah. I'm going to try and bomb this kid out with one shot. Yeah. I think Bellew's got a... And people will he's give me shit for this. I think he's got a better ring IQ. I it. really do. Absolutely. And I think he would adapt within the fight. There's no quitting him. And I think he would try different things within the fight if plan A, for example, is not working. I think plan A is not the fucker out. That's yeah. what I think plan A will be. Of course. And he's got 12 rounds to try and catch him. I'm really, 
a week ago, I'd have said, fuck that off, Tony. Go after Tyson Fury. That's where the money's at. Now I don't give a shit about Tyson Fury. Now I want to see Tony come back down to cruiserweight and try and become the undisputed champion of the world. That, that's my thing as well. I think if the fight happens, it's got to be a cruiserweight. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it as a, you know heavyweight up at nah, sixteen and a half, seventeen stone. You know, if Bellew's going to take this, I want him to also bear in mind that his own legacy. He can be the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world if he beats Usyk. I'd rather see him do that because he's already said he's not going to fight Anthony Joshua anyway. Usyk's on a different journey. Usyk sees Bellew as a stepping stone to the heavyweight division after his wins over Hay, and then potentially two or three years down the line, he's going to be leading contender for Anthony Joshua. Bellew's not on the Anthony Joshua uh, train tracks. He's trying to just define his own legacy and make as much money as possible. Finally, it looks like Usyk is legitimately going to put... Because he's pay-per-view now. He's got to be pay-per-view. P- top five pound for pound, uncast. You know. Well, it's irrelevant. What? It, what? People saw the Usyk fight. Yeah, yeah. Bellew's pay per view. Forget it. Pe- it'll happen in the UK if it happens. Yeah. It'll be on Sky Sports pay per view. Bellew will be able to pull him in, just because he's Bellew. But because Usyk's done what he's done. Yeah. He, the narrative's there. The narrative's there now. People are like, so who that. the fuck is this guy? Let's Absolutely. have it. Absolutely. Of course. It's. It's. Um. Like I said, a week ago I'd have gone. Nah, the carrot else chance. Now I'm like, fucking dish me in. <laughs> Get. I hope he's persuaded his missus on that honeymoon, mate. That's all I'm saying. I love the way Naz on the on the broadcast as well was like, don't rule out Bell you. He was like back and Bell you. Yeah, back like, yeah, man. Bombers back, bombers. That's what it's all about. Did you see? Um. Did you see any undercard for Usyk? Uh, uh, did I you see? I seen Chudanov. Did you see Chudanov Mohammed? Yeah. 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 So, uh, Naz, have you ever been on the receiving end of a, such a terrible decision? Well, no, not really, because when I went into the ring, it was all about K and O, and I just took my own judges in with me, and I knocked them the fuck out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> didn't fuck about, did he? I love the way Naz is starting to sound like Kel Brook. No, they're, they're all the same dude, aren't they? They're all the same dude. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't need any judges, mate. I knocked them out. Yeah, he got a favour there, Chudanov, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely diabolical. Jesus. Mate. Absolutely diabolical. Well, I'm up for it. I'm up for Usyk Bellew. I hope that that fight can get made. Um, I'm just fascinated to see if Bellew can catch him. It's, my, it's my just instinct... amazing now because I think heading into the weekend, we didn't have an opponent for Bellew. We were still kind of clinging on to the hope that Andre Ward is going to reverse and come or back Tyson out. Tyson Fury. Or potentially Tyson Fury. I just think politically Tyson Fury is near impossible to make. Yeah. Um, but right now, it's a perfect opponent. And Bell, you come on social media straight away and was like, I was born ready, which says you everything. And, and you know, it's unlike Bell, you to not call out the fight himself. But I think, I think you're right. Up until Usyk's hand was raised on Saturday night, after that performance, he's ready, he wasn't a real live opponent because he's not, he wasn't an eight figure fight. Now, Usyk for Bell, you is an eight figure fight. Well, it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen before early next year. Well, the rumour is that it might be September, October this year, man. Really? Shit. I guess Usyk fucking... Usyk just It's not like he was bashed up, was he? No, let's do it. Wow. Wow. Sign me up. Sign me up indeed, mate. Please. Liverpool, please. Mm. Speaking of Liverpool, Liam Smith were in action at the weekend, obviously, against Naomi Munguia. Uh, came up short against uh, a very solid young uh, champion in uh, in Munguia. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to put this out there. I know Joe listens to the show. But I'm going to say it anyway. If Liam Smith had one-punch knockout power, yep. he'd be a two-time champion. Yeah, Because Munguia gets caught, and he got caught a couple of times. Now, don't get me wrong, Munguia won the fight quite comfortably in my eyes. I thought he I thought he was technically brilliant. I think he hits like an absolute steam train. Yep. And Liam Smith did take a lot, of, a lot of wax and proved that he has got massive sets of bollocks. But on the way in, as we predicted last week, Munguia gets caught. And I think yep. if he fights Jarrett Hurd, I think if he fights Canelo, I think if he fights Charlo, 
it gets sparked. Yeah, I really do. I think last week we were talking about Munguia and we were saying because he because he'd only ever gone been past six once before. Liam needs to take him into deep water and all that kind of stuff. It was the fight played out slightly differently. I thought Beefy had good success in the first four rounds. Though it looked like the game plan was working for me. He was okay. Munguia was the busier fighter, but Liam was countering well. And obviously, the knockdown in the middle of the fight certainly didn't help. And I think that kind of turned. But at no point did Munguia slow down. At no point did his engine run out. Mm. He was just so fucking busy. It was relentless. It was mm. his performance. He just throws so many shots. He's constantly on the front foot. He's constantly on you. I think during the fight, the, the commentary team was saying, oh, fucking Liam Smith just loves being in fights. Like Liam is one of them. He'd fight every day if he could. And that smile on his face, he smiles even when he's taking shots because he just loves fighting. He, this is what he's put on the planet to do. But I think at times the smile for me was just like him saying, fucking come on, kid. You know, There was no point Munguia took a backward step. There was no point when he let Liam... like sit back on a shot or anything, do you know what I mean? It was just constant pressure. And that's what impressed me. Listen, I know he's only a young kid, Mungui and everything else, but that pressure he puts on is just fascinating and you just think, wow, it's... His he does record get suggests, He does get caught, though. He does get caught, absolutely gets caught. And I think that's just because he's so raw and so young and so keen. Mm. And I think, you know, he was determined, it was quite clear he was determined to bomb Liam out before Canelo did it to make a statement. Um, and he tried to, you know, that's why he completely almost emptied the gas tank in the fifth. But then he come out in the sixth and got the, got the knockdown at the end of the sixth as well. And I was like, fucking hell, this kid... What kind of engine has this kid got? It's unbelievable. That's what impressed me the most of them. It was more like the the, the amount of shots that he that he throws, mm. rather than the one punch knockout power. Oh no, no, no! As you say, I think Liam was so fucking brave. He had absolute massive bollocks to go the distance. But I think Munguia is only going to get better for yeah. me. I think this kid is definitely worth looking out for. I think right now you're right. I think a step up against one of the other champions would be a bit of a mistake because he can be tagged. But I think this kid in two or three years' time is going to be something else. He mm, was impressive there. And I think they've got a little bit of uh, um, a, a, a... Well, golden boy's got a golden child there. No question about it. He's only, what, 20, 21? 21, I think he is, yeah. Now, he, obviously, they both weighed in the same on the day as well. But then I'm hearing on the night... Munguia had jumped up like two fucking weight divisions. He did look a lot a lot bigger than yeah. Liam in there. Rehydrates well. Yeah, absolutely. But this is something that's getting discussed this week, actually, by the ACB, the Athletic Commission of Boxing in um, in America. Uh, in Cali- I think they're meeting in California. or uh, The ABC, sorry, the Athletic, whatever they're called anyway. They're voting this week, aren't they, on this new weigh-ins thing because there's a discussion going on in regards to like in MMA which is it's even worse in MMA but you know Munguia must have put on at least 20-25 pound before the fight so two stone so two stone basically yeah he's mm. basically going up two weight divisions and um, I think they're discussing this week about a 10% restriction across the board and, and the good thing about the ABC discussing it and potentially passing it I think they're voting on it as well mm-hmm. means that anybody who fights in America where the ABC is is basically the controlling uh Reg, rules and regulations body regardless of what belt it is they will have to adhere with the, what the ABC decide and that could be massive for boxing you'll see a lot of champions probably shift up a weight division here because a restriction of 10% for the title fight it's only title fights at first but that's fine um, means that Munguia would only have been able to put on 14.7 pound or whatever it was it was the fight 147 or the fight was 153 one, eight, one, five, four. Yeah. 154 so he could only have put on them. 15.4 pounds, yeah, it's 10%. And if he'd have gone out over that, he'd have been void for the championship fight. It would have been Liam only. And he would also have to surrender the percentage of pace and stuff like that. I think boxing, even before MMA, and it's more critical over there, is starting to move towards getting this weigh-in thing a lot safer. Yeah, And that's good. That can only be good for all the boxers. And yeah, absolutely. And we're going to see guys actually start to fight in 
proper weight divisions. In proper weight divisions, that yeah. their bodies naturally rather than killing themselves. Of which we will speak about on our USC show because in Hamburg at the weekend we saw a kid who's well, he's had a career at middleweight, not necessarily done anything at middleweight. Now he's moved up. He's not cutting weight now at light heavyweight. Yep. And Anthony Smith is fucking on, on an fire. absolute tear. Uh, but we'll get stuck into him. Um, uh, on the USC show so make sure you download that if you're into uh, talking about weight and weight cutting I want to stick with the World Boxing Super Series because obviously off the back of Usyk's fantastic performance uh, the night before we had kind of a draft we had a yep. kind of a draft gala but we got fights that we uh, already knew that were uh, particularly happening as soon as I saw the seeds come out by the way for uh, for the uh, for the bantamweights in particular or the super lights mm-hmm. that's where I got excited because I saw that Progress was number one Josh Taylor was number two Relic three and Boranchik number four now we knew that some of the other fights had to be made. For example, there were mandatories for the IBF crown and we had um, a WBA mandatory situation as well. So therefore, Progress being the first seed got one pick. Yeah. Right? So he, he could pick from two lads. Yeah. And then whatever was left was going to uh, Josh, Josh Taylor. Taylor. And I, was the, com- I was convinced mate. it was going to be a battle of Britain. Same. Convinced. Same. And when Progress went up and he goes, Fuck it, I'll have Terry Flanagan. I went, for me, mate. Fair play, sunshine. Massive set of nuts. I was a little bit gutted, if I'm honest, because I'd love to see Taylor and Flanagan have a bit Absolutely. of a do with each other. That would have been tremendous. Yeah. But the way that this has all panned out, I mean, think about it. If Josh Taylor wins his quarterfinal, he's guaranteed in January, February next year to be fighting for the IBF uh, crown because of the side of the draw. Yeah. The IBF belt's in the first quarterfinal. Yeah. So he will be fighting for that. Obviously, if he wins that, then he'll go on to uh, become the unified uh, super lightweight champion, which is f- tremendous for him. And then, if we're talking about uh, bantamweights, they're obviously involved in this as well. There's a possibility of semi. If everything goes to plan like it has done this year, where the seeds have all won their quarterfinals, yeah, the semi-finals of the bantamweights will be Burnett versus Tete oh. in Nuez versus Rodriguez, Shit. setting up a potential final of the guy that you picked versus the guy that I picked. Oh. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It's kind of insane kind of brilliant it's absolutely brilliant it comes back to the fact that the cruiserweights absolutely delivered this year and if you don't think that t- both those tournaments are going to deliver you must be mental mm. the bantamweights are just fucking insane it but is. i'll be honest i was kind of surprised that the kid i tipped burnett was polled number one i thought a new way was a shoe in to be uh to be number yeah. one in that side of the he draw. has been a two-time champion though i mean he's yeah, held the ibf so. belt as well he in gave this, it up didn't he yeah this. of course even though in a two-weight you yeah. know yeah there is a decent argument for a new but burnett I just thought Inoue with the whole Asian TV market and he's such a fucking absolute superstar over there he was a shoe in so I think it's cool as anything that Burnett and his great negotiating on the side of Team Burnett as well to be like no we want to be number one seed yeah 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 that's it we've got we've and the choice notes, that he so. made in uh, Nanita Denaire no joke no joke and yeah you know but what? it's a it's a good selection it he's is stepping down in weight he's just been mugged off by Carl Frampton exactly it's a great shot it's a great shot it I is think. it's it's Denaire coming back to a more comfortable weight division don't get me wrong and I thought Denaire but Denaire also looked a little bit old against Frampton. But it also makes sense in terms of marketing as well. Yeah. You know, the Irish fans have just been treated to yeah. Denier Frampton. Yeah, they know yeah. all about Denier. They've been sold on the narrative that Denier is a superstar. If it's not in Belfast. Oh, it will 100% be in Belfast. Yeah, yeah. But the Irish fans will be like, oh, yeah, okay, let's go back again. Denier was like a great... From what I've seen on social media, he loved Ireland. The Irish fans really took to him. It'll sell out in a second. Yeah. It makes absolute perfect sense. Mm. Nice start for Burnett too. Mm. No, absolutely, mate. Um, and also regarding the World Boxing Super Series Series 1... Uh, they made an announcement that they're going to make an announcement. I couldn't believe that, you know. <laughs> as soon Big as announcements. They, right. The announcement's coming. When they put on their social media, we're going to make an announcement this week. Yeah. So they're announcing an announcement, technically. I just text John. John was obviously, I think he was still in the States when I texted him. Because I thought, if they're making an announcement this week, they've secured it. Yeah, yeah. They've, they, they've, it's done. They've told the shit. Yeah. So I text John. 
Hi, mate. I've seen that they're announcing an announcement. What's the date? Is it all confirmed? Jeddah? What, which one is it? Is it first weekend, second yeah. weekend of September? Don't know yet, mate. <laughs> so he's, whether he's bullshitting me or not, I don't know. But they don't know yet. It's fucking it's crazy, a mess, isn't it? mate. It's it George is. Groves on social media last week saying, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Am I training for a fight? Am I not training for a fight? What's going on? It's a bit shocking, isn't it? It's and this is this shocking. is where they've let themselves down a little bit because fight for fight, they've all been brilliant. I've loved they've every single brilliant. Every time I've been in the arena to watch one of these events, it's the bollocks. Yeah. From the this bit here, this organisation bit of this particular finals let us down. The rumours about Chris Eubank Jr. coming in and stepping in for a champion and all that type of stuff's kind of let us down. And the TV deals let us down a little bit as well. Which, and I don't know if you saw it at the weekend, they did start advertising season two on ITV. So I don't know whether that's going to be part of it again. Whether Mm ITV is going to still be doing it. I thought that maybe Sky might have a little bit of a nosy with Eddie being connected with the zone and all that type of stuff. I think I thought they might have a look at it. But if ITV are doing it again, they need to get smarter with what is pay per view and what's not pay per view just to. Just to sell the tournament and celebrate, yeah. celebrate where every, people are every, at. Every quarter final should be free on TV on as many countries as possible. Hook them in, exactly. And once you've got them, then that's it. Then then you go to pay per view. Don't get me wrong. I was quite happy to spend the tenner for Usek Gassi over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, but that's because no you problem. know them. You yeah, know yeah. them. The man, on, the average man on the street, don't know who those guys are. Exactly. But you know, they went straight in with pay per view, didn't he, for this super middleweight tournament, which was a shame because it could have been so much bigger. Mm. But uh, you know, at the end of the day. The thing with the ITV that you lose as well is it's the promo stuff in it. And no one's they ain't they ain't dropping any promos on ITV one or ITV four or anything else. So the build up to it is non existent except on social media. That's what you miss. Mm. When it's on a sports channel like a BT or like a Sky Sports, you know the build up's gonna be there, the gloves are off shows are gonna be there, magazine support shows are gonna be there. Mm. If you watched on YouTube, Wheelbox and Super Series put a sick, absolutely brilliant promo for Usyk Gassiev on their YouTube channel. It was fucking worthy of any TV station. Yeah. The amount of people that watched it, you know, it was less than th- less than six figures watched it, and you think it's such a shame that this isn't on TV, because on getting mainstream TV broadcast because this fight deserves it. Mm. It is going to be interesting to see what they have learned from season one, because event wise, no problem. Ma- the matchups, no problem. Just the accessibility for fans is just that n- next step that they need to take it to. And I think you know, I think it's a stroke of genius with what they've done with the zone. Because yeah. let's be honest, I mean that was last week, wasn't it? The uh, the, the zone uh, press conference, um, where obviously Eddie went to America and announced some of the uh, American fighters that are going to be yeah. signed up to Matchroom USA. Listen, it's a little bit underwhelming. I'm not going to get a hard on about it, yeah. but they do have the jewel in the crown in Anthony Joshua, and having that exclusive to the zone rather than it being on other networks in America will definitely create interest. Um, obviously, they've got some Bellator on there as well, which. You know, they second, seem to, second tier MMA. Yeah, but they seem to be getting their ass into gear with the yep. welterweight tournament. There's no yep. question about that. I think the jewel in the crown, as well as AJ, stick in the World Boxing, World Boxing Super, Super Series. Series on the zone. I think they'll do all right, actually, in the States, and yep. therefore they might they, they might make some noise over there. Well, that's it, you see, because you, you, you fancy the zone now in the US, for the US market, are going to have a lot of shoulder programming around all this boxing that they've got on. Mm. So it's kind of going to be like a... You know, I know they've got other sports on there, but it's kind of be like if you're an American fight fan, yeah. it's a no-brainer that you're going to go to the zone and, yeah. and subscribe to the zone to get all this great content. I think in in the UK because it's so disintegrated, there's just content everywhere. Mm. Me World Boxing Super Series over on ITV. Me Matchroom shows are on Sky. Me Frank Warren shows are on BT. Me International shows are on Box Nation. Mm. You know, it, it's fucking it, it's all hard over. to keep track, and we're we're in the industry and it's still hard to keep track. Mm. I. 
I, you know that I like to have a row with Dan Raphael from ESPN on a regular basis. Because he's a fucking waste of space, that's why. All right, calm down. Sometimes we have nice chats, sometimes we have a little bit of an argument, but I saw that he's got a bit of a bee in his bonnet because obviously he works for ESPN. ESPN have released their like subscription service, which is ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. And he put this thing, which backfired on him, really, on social media, which is the, be- which is the best subscription service or something. And he put for ES- boxing, best for boxing. Yeah, he put ESPN up there, HBO, Showtime, and obviously New Dazone, which is yet to be launched, right? And it backfired because Eddie retweeted it and everybody who's ever an Eddie fanboy jumps on it and goes the zone's gonna be amazing and all this type of stuff but if you think about it really with it with what the zone the zone see because they've got the world boxing super series and anthony joshua yeah they've kind of got a leg up on everybody else absolutely showtime without any shadow of doubt have the best fighters i think yeah if you look at the the talent roster because they've still got wilder i suppose they've still got uh the likes of errol spence and people like that yeah. on showtime hbo have only got canelo really mm-hmm. that's it that's all they've really got. Yeah. Um, and if you go to ESPN, they've got Terence Crawford. It's only relevant when Terence Crawford and Manny Pacquiao fight, but Manny Pacquiao has now just announced that he's a free agent. So yeah. he's not actually connected to top rank and ESPN no more. Yeah. So is Loma. Oh, and Lomachenko. Lomachenko. ESPN, yeah. yeah, of course. I apologize. But but Long, Loma, you know, best fighter on the planet, he's still quite a hardcore fight fan yeah 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 you know attraction he's not mainstream he's not yeah, Anthony yeah. Joshua he's not pulling in them kind of but numbers. it's a subscription service so are you going to pay for ESPN Plus or monthly subscription service if so Loma the, if Loma the other backup with ESPN Plus though is come January they'll have UFC right so that's their other big draw which right. wasn't really you know if you compare it with boxing, the zone but if you're not a UFC fan and you're just a boxing yeah, yeah. fan oh, of course yeah yeah it's a no brainer listen as far as I'm concerned whatever World Boxing Super Series is that's what I'm going to subscribe to if I'm in America because mm. World Boxing Super Series is where it's at right now aside from Anthony Joshua Lomachenko you know, Mikey Garcia the best know, fights there's are a handful of fighters everywhere else but when it comes to just fucking amazing mm. steady run of fights mm. World Boxing Super Series delivered this year and I think they'll deliver again next year mm. Speaking on the design thing two little points from uh, the press conference last week Anthony Joshua I thought played an absolute blinder don't go over there don't be bland don't just stand there and look pretty let's get fucking Aggie we an American big Jarrell Miller throws his uh, name about and Anthony Joshua showed us a little bit of the streets of Anthony Joshua, didn't he? He rolled it back a couple of years and I think that was brilliant. It was an absolute perfect thing to do. That'll go viral through the States. They'll go, who's this fucking Brit coming on over here giving us a load of shit? People will be tuning into his fight against Povetkin, mate, I'm telling you. The other other thing as well, but not worth looking past is we've got a date in April and I know AJ's come out and said it's 100% going to be wilder, but I guarantee it's not 100% wilder. Never going to be wilder in a million years. I don't think it's going to be wilder, but I think Big baby, if he gets a, if he keeps winning and keeps they keep having this little fracas. That listen, that was don't forget, Jarrell Miller's got a tie in with Matchroom anyway, so mm. they're all tied in together. Mm. It makes fucking perfect sense. I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie's gone. Stand on the side of the stage, son. You know how this game works, and he's had a little pop. And AJ, because Pavekin's standing there like a you know obviously lost in translation. He's just kind of there in his dodgy Russian suit, just kind of like okay, I'm here. And you were never going to get that with with Pavekin. But let's get Miller on there. Let's get mm. Miller get get us get his tongue wagging a little bit, and then AJ obviously responds to it and everything else. And as you say, the narrative is there now; it's already in place. It will not be wild in April. Uh, just to let you know, uh, Big Baby Jarrell Miller, surprise, surprise, is part of the Sky Sports team this weekend for <laughs> exactly. the for the Dillian White fight. As is David Hare and Tony Bellew, which could be uh, a little bit of a laugh, couldn't it? Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, like I said, Manny Pacquiao, uh, a free agent. And the other thing that comes off the back of the zone thing is that Demetrius Andrade has uh, signed to Eddie. Yep. Uh, the WBO have issued purse bids on the 25th of July. I don't know what, what day is it today. 
so to, on Wednesday of this week, 25th of July, the WBO uh, middleweight purse bids will be up for Billy Joe Saunders' title. Andrade's uh, the mandatory challenger there. Uh, Frank Warren, you better dig deep, son, because that DAZN money's coming, mate. It's never going to happen. That fight will never happen. No, it's never happening. Never happening in a month, Sundays. But will... <sighs> My prediction's this. Eddie's going to win it. Billy will throw the belt in the bin. Yeah. And he'll go and fight James DeGale at super middleweight. Yep. There Sounds go. good to me. That's where I'm at. Yep. I hope I'm wrong, because I'd love to see Billy Joe Saunders and uh, Demetrius Andrade. Absolutely. I think it'd be great. Um, just a quick one before we move on to the fights this week. Did you notice... Uh, that Michael Buffer is signed up to be the ring Exclusively. announcer. Well, he's exclusive to the zone mm-hmm. from September. Yeah, his last fight that he will do out of the uh, Matchroom USA deal, right, mm-hmm. is KSI versus Logan Paul. Fucking at no. the Manchester Arena on the twenty fifth of August, live and exclusive on YouTube, pay per view, six pound bet, six quid to watch that muck. Still- do you know what? That'll get over a million views. No Easy. question. No question. Easy get over a million views. It's fucking insane. And I've seen and Buffer's it. Buffer's ring announcing I've it. I've seen it on Buffer's social media as well, where he put, oh, he really it. looking forward to getting over there with the gamers. <laughs> so I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But at the end of the day, listen, I think it's, it's, it's you know, uh, you, you could see it coming because Eddie's got a proper hard on for Michael Buffer, hasn't he? Like he, he's, he's a proper fanboy of Michael Buffer, and Eddie would admit to that as well. I mean, listen, we all we all, love, are. We all love a bit of Michael Buffer, like we all love a little bit of let's get ready to rumble. But uh, I think him, him coming over to the, it just makes perfect sense. You know, at the end of the day, Eddie's paid for fucking Michael's Michael Buffer's fucking holiday home in Malibu by now. Anyway, mm. the amount of work he puts his way, mm. so it made sense that he would be exclusive exclusive to the zone. But it's. Uh, Fucking hell, Logan Paul and that, K- that K- KSI was sitting next to me, wasn't he, at the Hey Bellew fight? Yeah, I saw you, yeah. Fuck's sake. Mates, aren't you? Mate, by honestly, all accounts, he can do a bit. Mate, I'm telling you now, the amount of people in there under the age of 17 who were swamping him, and I mean swamping him for photos, it, the kids, listen, the kids playing the system, he knows what it's all about. Being a YouTube star says it all. Mm. Uh, this weekend, we roll on into uh, London. Uh, normally it's a bit flat at this time of year where people are on their holidays and chilling out and what have you but we've got a cracker 28th of July or two arena it is uh, Dillian White versus Josie Parker two guys that have got one defeat on the record both of the same man one got stopped one didn't get stopped I personally think that this could be the road back to Anthony Joshua I think um, Eddie Hearn is praying for a Dillian White victory to give himself yeah. even more leverage well, it's, in another, the... it's another April option then isn't it yeah absolutely in the Deontay Wilder uh, chat but do not rule out Josie Parker at the no. end of the day he wasn't allowed to fight the fight that he wanted to fight against Anthony Joshua he's got a, a point to prove and you've got to commend both men for stepping up and taking this Parker could be excused for taking a nice little gimme he didn't uh, Deontay Wilder uh, D- White could quite easily have gone down the Pulev route uh, he could have chased the carry on chasing the Deontay Wilder situation, uh, but he didn't. The opportunity came. It was made in 72 hours, and Dillian White versus Josie Parker is on like Donkey Kong. Do you know what? I think it's going to be fucking flames. I do. I don't know why. I just think it's going to be an absolute gun show. I think Joseph Parker feels like he, owe, he owes not only this market, but the heavyweight division a performance, a statement performance. I think he's... By far, got more schooling than Dillian White. I think his his pedigree is by far stronger than Dillian White's pedigree. Don't underestimate how hard he hits as well. Oh yeah, hit. absolutely. His knockout record is insane. You know, he, he fucking punches like a freight train. Don't let that performance against Anthony Joshua or Huey Fury diminish. Well, Huey Fury, the both Furies are just a fucking nightmare to look yeah, good yeah, against. Yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Um, but I just think Parker. 
this is his opportunity now to really step forward, make a massive statement. Um, and he's come back and he's come back to win. And I think he will be, he should be super confident about boxing Dillian White. However, mm. the equaliser in all this is that Dillian White, if he can drag it into a street fight, if he can get Joseph Parker to exchange with him, yeah. it could be absolute flames and Dillian White could get a, a sensational knockout. And what a statement that would be. He stopped the one guy that AJ couldn't. That's how you set That's up a good narrative, isn't fight. it? That's how you set That's up. That's a good narrative. That's how Dillian White pushes to the front of the queue for April and goes, I've just fucking obliterated Joseph Parker. Bring me the head of Anthony Joshua. Let's do it again. Because don't forget. Let's go! Dillian White, Anthony Joshua won was a fucking great fight. Yeah, it, it was. Super entertaining. I th- I th- this is how I think this is going to play out. I think we're going to get something very similar to Dillian White, Derek Chisora. I think we're going to get a great fight. Wow. A really fucking good fight. I hope we do. But I think... That was one of the best heavyweight fights I've ever seen. But I don't think we're going to get a knockout. I think it's going to go 12, and we're going to be sat there going, he's won it. No, he's won it. Wow. And there's going to be okay. an argument about it, and I think Dillian will get the decision, and there'll be an argument of going, Josie Parker won that. Yeah, well, if I, I think if it goes the distance, I would say that Parker will win on points. Um, but Dillian will give himself a, I mean he's improved massively as a boxer and I think absolutely. he'll give himself a real good shake in a boxing yeah. event but I think it will get dragged into a street fight at some I th- point I think for Dillian he's got to catch Parker in the first three rounds he's got to really wobble him shake him to his boots because I think Parker then I think that's what happened in the AJ fight I think Parker tasted AJ's power early on and completely reversed it to survival mode I think it, it, you, if you watch the Parker AJ fight back most of the fight, he's just look. He looks like he's just trying to get through the fight, just trying to do the rounds. His offense was completely diminished, taken over by his defense. I think Dillian White's got to do the same thing. If Parker gets into a groove mm. and starts really boxing well and starts racking up rounds, I think Dillian White will have to get desperate and start lunging in, and that's when Parker might get a finish. And I think flip side of that is Dillian has got to hurt Joseph Parker in the first three rounds. If he hates him, I think Parker goes on the back foot. I think Dillian can kind of stalk him then. In fact, you know what? I'm going to flip it then, yeah? I think you're right. I think if there's a stoppage here, it's going to be Joseph Parker late on because Dillian's getting desperate because he's so far behind. But I think if it goes the distance, I'm going to change it. I'm going to go with Dillian White winning on points because Parker's on the back foot because he's been hurt. Well, which one? You still I'm sat on the fence though. Which one's going? Which one are you going with? I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm telling you, Dillian's winning it on points. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm going to go with... Uh... You don't have to go against me. No, you, no, I'm going to go with Dillian going. on points. Okay. I'm going to go with Dillian on points. But as I say, he's going to... Only because he's here, Parker, early on and Parker's survived. It's going to be fu- you know what? It's going to be flames. Yeah, I could easily flip on that. I'm 50 50. I'm yeah, probably on the Listen, it's a great fight. fight. It's a great fight because, and, and I think we need a great main event because I, I look down the undercard and there's fights falling off. I mean, obviously, Kel Brook's falling off of this. Uh, yeah. Sam Eggington's falling oh, off of this. Gutted for Sam. There's all sorts of fall, uh, stuff falling off. There's a decent knot there between Del Boy and Takam, but I don't know how to judge it because every time I watch Del Boy, there's got to be needle in the fight for him. There's got to be some animosity towards the opponent for to get the best out of Del Boy. Yeah. I don't think there is in this. No, there isn't. This is, I'll be honest, I'd like to think it's going to be amazing, but I'll be honest, no, I think not. this is going to be an absolute snooze fest. Yeah, it's going to be horrible. I think it's a mistake to make it chief support. I would I would definitely have Katie Taylor on right before Dillian I think White they will. as co-main. I think, think Chisora as chief support is a bad idea against Takam, just because these two have got the potential to stink the yard out. I think it probably will. I think Katie Taylor, obviously, it's impossible to bet against Ta- Katie Taylor lighting up her opponent mm. when she defends her world titles. And mm. obviously, again, Dave Allen gets another fucking... Five days not. It's another big man. fight, man. Another big fight on a big card. It's crazy, isn't it? He's retiring after this. He said. He said. Well, he said he's taking some time out. If you're thinking about that going into a fight, is it Nick Webb that he's fighting this weekend? Nick Webb, yeah. 
Dave the Rhino. You yeah. gotta love him. He'd, he'd just fight any bugger, won't he? He's fucking. Doesn't crazy. matter what it is. It's, uh, he fights anybody. Um, I really hope. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I really hope we get a re uh, a replay of what we saw in the Yorko between Conor, Conor Ben and, and, uh, <laughs> and Pedro Peno. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hope Peno catches him really early and stings him. <laughs> maybe even sinks him on his bum, and then we get an absolute gun show once again because that six rounds that we got at the Yorko was some of the best boxing or just scrapping that it's I've just ever a, seen. It was just a little war, wasn't it? Exactly. You know what I'm, I'm looking forward to as well because he's a mate of mine, Anthony Fowler. In a, in a fa- facing his first undefeated foe, Craig O'Brien, the Irish, the Irish mm. uh, super welterweight champion, who comes over and and you know hopefully he's going to throw some shots back at Fowler. I think Fowler, out of all those ex Team GB guys, your Buatis, your Josh Kellys, and all that, I think he's coming for the most criticism. I think people are thinking he looks quite laboured. He loads up on his shots too much, everything else. But I think he's the way he's been matched. He's been matched with tough guys, and I think you should see the best of Anthony Fowler this weekend. Mm. Um. There's other, there's other stuff going on at uh, the O2, but the main ones I think we just mentioned there. To be yeah, fair, yeah, Denny and White Joe Park is the is, is the fight we're all tuning in for. Yeah, listen, let's be honest. Listen, it's July and we're gaining a fight night, yeah, exactly. and then off the back of that, we are going to get, in my opinion, a guy that we talked about earlier uh, about possibly being in that pound for pound ranking. If you're putting Usyk in there, you're putting Lomachenko in there, and a couple of other guys in there. Yeah. I think Mikey Garcia's name has to be at least negotiated in the pound for pound rankings. He's a four division. Uh, world champion. He's back down for the first time, I think, in two years. Yep. At uh, 135 pounds, defending his WBC uh, lightweight championship of the world, and he's unifying, well, attempting to unify against the IBF uh, lightweight champion of the world, Robert Easter Jr. Big, long, can whack a little bit. He's got all the makeup for an absolute classic in the early hours of Sunday morning. It's going to be an absolute belter. I'm a huge, huge fan of Robert Easter Jr. As you know, I think there's an element of him that. You know, he's just so long. He hits so hard. I think he's absolutely incredible. He's a bit haggler, isn't he? Well, he's ab- he's absolutely haggly. Yeah, uh, compared him to haggler before in the past. And I think, you know, Lomachenko and Mikey Garcia be be aside. You know, I think he unifies this lightweight division. Unfortunately, he's in an era when Mikey Garcia and Lomachenko are both fucking very much active. So, mm. um, it's going to be tough for him this weekend. I think Mikey Garcia. What Mikey Garcia's proven and Robert Easter Jr. hasn't. Robert Easter Jr. has got an incredible knockout record. But when you look at his performances in world title fights, I think all of them have gone a distance. And that's a problem at this level. If you can't put people to kip with one punch at world title level and you're competing against the likes of Mikey Garcia's and things like that, you're in trouble. I think it's hard to look past Garcia probably winning by knockout as well. Do you think? I think so, yeah. Even though he's coming back down to lightning yeah. for the first time in a while. yeah. He says that he's more comfortable at 135. Yeah. Even though I personally believe that this will go 12 and Mikey Garcia will get it on points. I'd love Mikey Garcia to get back to knocking dudes out. I'd absolutely yeah. love that. Just this, you know, do you remember when he came back in uh, from that long layoff and he absolutely just laid an unbelievable left up, mod his opponent Was clean out? Rojas. He just sparked him, dropped him a couple of times. Rojas was his first fight back, and then it was Latta Cannon, wasn't it? Latta Cannon, that's the one I'm thinking of. Where he absolutely destroyed him. He just mowed him. But don't forget, both those guys were that lightweight. Then he moved up to super lightweight with wins over Broner and Lipnanitz. Yeah. Now he's going back to lightweight again. He's got the juice. I just think we'll see the the ferociousness of Mikey Garcia in full effect. And Mm. as much as I like, again, much as I like Robert Easter Jr., I just think that big, long frame. It's an easy target. I think Garcia will chop away at that body early on. Well, I put a video, didn't I, on, it, yeah. on Facebook. And he was just fucking laying into a heavy bag, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, He's and obviously just, going to be chopping down the tree at some point. Exactly. He'll chop away and expose Easter's chin, and then he'll put him to kip down the stretch. And I'd say that as a massive Robert Easter fan as well. 
On the on the undercard, by the way, King Kong's on there. He's uh, he's back in business. Yeah, fifty uh, year old Luis Ortiz is go. back. Yeah, he's back doing his thing on the undercard. And also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but our old mate Big Daddy Brown's uh, fighting in uh, Sydney in the early hours. Of, I think it's in the early hours of Sunday morning with the time difference and whatever. Outside Yeatsies. He's outside Yeatsies. Yeah, he's got uh, a little bit of a frack. Are we another door lad? Uh, they're going to be doing bits. Uh, but it's good to see him back after uh, Dillian absolutely basically ended his career. It's good to see him back doing a bit, earning a few quid. Let's, let's talk about the pound for pound then before we sign off, because I'm curious to know where you're at with your top five pound for pound right, right me, now. Because let me, let me write it down. You know, Garcia's in action this weekend, opportunity to make a statement just like Usyk did. I think going into the weekend, few people probably would have put Usyk in their top five. I think right now, if he's not in your top five, you don't know boxing after that kind of performance against Gasayev. But I think Mikey Garcia now gets the opportunity against another undefeated world champion to prove himself to be top five pound for pound as well. To reaffirm his place in the top five pound for pound where you at where you at where you at come on come on right. come on, come on. these are my best five fighters on the planet but in no real order is that what you're saying these are your top five best on the planet but not in order I've just written five names down and I didn't put Terence Crawford's name on <laughs> listen mate there's an argument Terence Crawford isn't listen I know fucking Terence Crawford's outstanding 33 and 0 for Christ's sake but Look at Terence Crawford's resume. That's, you know, it's... Right, are you ready? These are the best five, five fighters on the planet. Okay. Right. Lomachenko, defo. Defo. Usyk. After that performance, defo. Triple G. I think it's impossible to leave about me. It's a very fucking Eastern European top... You can tell you're, well, you're from Europe. Well, check where I'm going now. Inoue. <gasps> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, now I'm flipping a coin. I've got got three names here, yeah? One of them's not even a world champion. Fucking hell. Right? Yep. Yet. Yet. The names I've got here, Mikey Garcia, obviously. Yep. Terence Crawford. Yep. Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor in the top five pound for pound? Mate. Mate, you're fucking... Are you smoking crack? After the World Boxing Super Series. Yeah, maybe then, but not right now. After the World Boxing Super Series. Who's your top five right now? He's the best... He's one of the best on the planet now. Prospect. He's one of the best on the planet now. He's probably the best prospect. You'd argue he's one of the best prospects. Is he going to win the World Boxing Super Series? I'd say he's probably the favourite. He's going to win it, right? So if he wins it... So if he wins it, he's in the five. Mate, this time next year, if he's just fucking knocked out Progress or whatever and become the World Boxing Super Series champion and got all the belts, we'll do this conversation again and I will happily let you have Josh Taylor in. But right here, right, right now, you are not having Josh Taylor right. in the top five. So there you go. Take this, take this now. Josh Taylor's my prospect for next year. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be your, your pound for pound prospect. That's, that's my pound for pound one. Right. Okay, then. I'm flipping a coin. I'm yep. going to go. I'm leaving out Mikey Garcia. I'm going to Terence Crawford. Oh, because because he was undisputed in his weight class before he moved up. He that, was. That's it. That's he all was. But his resume isn't exactly littered with names. Okay. Let's be totally honest. All right. Honest. All right. All right. But there's an argument between those two for the fifth spot. I, I'm confident. I'm 100 with Lomachenko, Usyk, Triple G, and Anuwe. Have them. Oh, Anuwe, you're locking Anuwe in. Aren't yeah, you? I'm locking him in. Fucking mate, hell. he is fucking ferocious. Listen, I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with your your first three. I think Golovkin, Lomachenko, Usyk, certainly not in that order, but I think those three Eastern European absolute monsters are definitely in my top five pound for pound. I think you're gonna eat your words this weekend because I think Garcia is gonna be sensational, and I think then it will be impossible to keep him out. Okay. I'm, right. a, I'm a massive Tub Crawford fan, but you know what? 
I'm not going with tub. I'm not even going with the new way. Let me think where you're going to go. Give me a weight category. I am going to go with... Welter? No, smaller. Bantam? Mm, smaller. Smaller than Bantam? Yeah. Are you going with uh, Rung Visai? Rung Visai, yeah. He was back at the weekend, wasn't he? Did you see him? Sensational. Not the dude out in a round. Sensational. Mate, you shouldn't have been fighting that kid. That kid was fucking well out of his depth. They do that in Thailand, don't they? They just fucking... (laughs) Just feed him to the lion. They just throw him in with some kid called 3K Battery or whatever their names are. You know, they have weird (laughs) names, these little ties, don't they? Fucking Juracell. Get Juracell in there. Absolutely. I just think right now, I think Rung Visai, after the performances that he's had, you know, after the fucking, performances against Chocolate Tito, uh, stick him well, in. Well, that's what I mean. Just for, don't forget, at the time, Chocolate Tito was pound for pound number one on pretty much everyone's what was list. Forty nine and all, and he's he he smashing everybody. He schooled him, and then in the rematch, because they were like, out. "It's a fluke." He fucking absolutely knocked them out. Since then, he's done nothing but win another first round win at the weekend. For me, Rung Versailles has got to be in the top five pound. Five, top five pound for pound. Absolutely. So, so what you're doing? You're doing Loma, Usyk, Triple G, Garcia, and Rung Versailles. I'm doing Loma. One, Golovkin two, Usyk three, Garcia four, but that might flip at the weekend because I'm flaky like that, and Rung Versailles. In fact, Rung Versailles five and Usyk or Garcia five, uh, four, Rung Versailles, uh, Usyk or Garcia five. Right, right. That, that's my top five, yeah. I apologise to Tub Crawford because I know he's a fight disciple as well. I still love you, Tub, but we need a big, big name, son. A big name. <laughs> Tub Errol Spence. Whoever wins out of Tub Errol Spence... Go straight into my top five. Look at you. You're flaky as fuck. They weren't even on the list 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Not me. Do you know what, though? How fucking good is boxing, though? How fucking good is world boxing right now? Mm. Because all these guys were talking about, we could rattle off 10 names there that in 10 years ago or, you know, in a year's time, any of them guys, any of them top 10 could be the number one. I've just told you who's going to be the number one. Cephalomchenko, because obviously... Josh Taylor's the number one next year. Are we talking about number one? Ranked, obviously, the pound for pound champ will still be Lomachenko. We all know that. Lomachenko is not moving. Just, right, this time next year, we'll be sat here and we'll just be going, Josh Taylor 100% is in the top five. Do you know what will happen then? Lom will move up and knock him out. You can subscribe to this podcast <laughs> uh, via iTunes, Fight Disciples. Make sure you check it out. You can also get all your Android feeds. Uh, on our website, fightdisciples.com. We're all over social media as well. There'll be stuff that develops this week. Hopefully, we're going to get a final date and venue. We told you when it is, Jeddah, uh, but we don't know whether it's the 1st or the 8th, those particular weekends. It might even be the Friday night that it happens, the World Boxing Super Series, Super right. Middle Final. Uh, but uh, keep an eye on our social media feed because we'll get uh, the information to you once it's confirmed at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.